0: This episode of The Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by Concept2 and the Concept2 SkiErg. Concept2 is the designer and manufacturer of the SkiErg, a training tool for Nordic skiing and for general fitness. Located in north central Vermont, the Concept2 family rows in summer and skis in winter. The SkiErg grew out of the time-tested design of the Concept2 rowing machine. As dedicated skiers, we know this much is true. It's not always easy to get out on the snow in winter, or out on the roller skis, for that matter, in summer. The ski erg is a perfect dry land training option for skiers, or anybody really, looking to improve their fitness. The second generation ski erg allows for single stick and double pulling. Take your skiing and upper body conditioning to a new level with a ski erg. You can find more information about SkiErgs and their PM5 performance monitors at concept2.com. This is Jason Albert, and you're listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. The folks in Oberstdorf, Germany, have just concluded the third day of racing at the 2021 Nordic Ski World Championships. Today's event was the Freestyle Team Sprint. We are going to break down the day's racing with Devin as usual, and we're on a solid run of special guests on the show. Today's guest is Canadian and Quebecois, Alex Harvey. I'll let Devin do a proper intro during the show, but to sort of set the tone, we'll try and capture the vibe from the 2011 Oslo World Championships, in which... Kershaw and Harvey won the team sprint gold.
1: Now up the hill, and Kershaw trying to close in on the fin. Yo Ivy's got to hit it hard again, and uh, it's Joao He's going to swing right-handed and disappear into the fog. And you know he really has disappeared into the fog. Alex Harvey just behind Hådestad, and Krulkov just behind Alex Harvey. Hådestad for Norway, Canada in bronze at the moment, and what a race! You can't yet say that this is Finland's goal, but he's got a useful advantage. They've just beginning to claw into him. Hadestad going after him. Alex Harvey running really with him. Between Sh- Tim Shankar and Alex Harvey. Alex Harvey going to the fence now. It's Norway on the far side. Canada and Alex Harvey, the Quebecois, trying to get Canada's first World Championship gold medal here. Canada on the far side. Norway on the near side. Alex Harvey coming through. Alexei Canada gets there. Oh, Are you just with this? Yeah, Dude, I have my, I was just gonna pour. A, I have a glass. I'm just wow. gonna pour me it too. here. Me too. Yeah, okay. Me perfect. too. Okay, perfect.
2: He's gonna. It looks like he's got a Cronenberg. has got a. What Kronenberg. do you guys have? I've got a East Bjorn.
0: Yeah, Cronenberg. Yeah. Cool. Keeping it French. You know me. I have something more tame. Like it's nice. a it's nice. a spindrift sparkling water. I still have to go exercise. That's okay. I, I,
2: there was no exercise for me today, so. Um, just
0: mental, like just media, eh? Yeah. Mr. Big Deal. That's pretty big. Or is that like the glass? How many ounces? No, it's
1: three hundred. It's just three hundred thirty mil. It's it's a it's just a glass. Is like a, okay.
0: Wow. Okay. Like Sweet. A, Too bad we're not filming.
2: Well, this is a great. Yeah. This, this is a great way to start. Start it, Alex. Cheers, buddy. Congratulations. Ten ten long years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You guys, look. I have to say, like, looking at the video, I've been watching. Obviously, the video of you folks in Oslo. You look like you're about. I think you were 22. Is that right, Alex? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was my last year on the 23. You look like maybe you were 18. I mean, you look so yeah. young, but it's all like relative. Yeah, yeah.
1: Long hair. I think I didn't have my uh, fake diamond earrings anymore. Thank God for my my girlfriend who uh, convinced me to get rid of that. But uh, I yeah. I was. I think I, I still had the baby face. That's for sure.
2: You had the chain out though. You had. The, you still had the chain out of the suit.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I did. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's true. That's you're
1: real it. baller. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was that like a real? Was it like real gold? No,
1: it was a silver. It was a silver. I never had a gold chain. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's not rushing. <laughs> okay, so. Where do you guys want to go with this? I'm going to let you guys run the show. But like, as I, you know, I I kind of steer in a little bit. Sometimes I go wide. We'll go over, at some point, we'll go over the racing of the day. Some of the things I'd like to touch upon. Canadians did quite well. Seventh. Two young guys, U23s. They're both 22.
1: Yeah.
0: Stellar. Um, U.S. had a, yeah. a mess up. Speak a little French here. A little faux pas. Um, and we'll t- chat about that. And just sort of the comments that Simi made afterwards, which were like super, obviously from him, like expected, very gracious. And then just the day, like Claybo, I mean, killing it. That's it. Those are the only guardrails. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, there's lots. There's yeah. lots. There's, there's lots. Perfect. That's yeah, good. There's like tons of shit yeah. to go over for today. I mean, like uh, the team sprint delivered a pretty exciting race. It was warm. Conditions were... They, they didn't salt the course and then all of a sudden they decided to salt the finish line, the finish area a little bit. And, but, so it, it started the day like nice, hard and good. And the semifinals, they had great condition. The women did the men. I don't know if you caught that Harv, but like,
1: Yeah, I did. I they, watched it. Yeah, I fast forward through it. Yeah. yeah and I was the semifinals the like, morning, yeah. 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 But,
2: yeah. but at the same yeah. time, like, did you notice like how much slower it was with the second semifinal <laughs> today <laughs> than the first, like, if you were in the oh, second yeah. semi-final yeah. and you, and yeah, you weren't yeah. like, no chance. You're done.
1: Yeah. No, so, no chance. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true.
2: Yeah. So it was a, uh, it was pretty, it was, it was just a pretty interesting race. Like a lot, like some small carnage that tends to happen. And then like, uh, I was heartbreaking to see, of course, like we'll get into this, of course, but like the U S and the exchange zone, but like sitting right in the middle of the exchange zone, like you can't do that like that. Like when you're, it's one thing for Norway to sit in the middle of the exchange zone because they're always one or two but like if you're in the middle of the pack and you're sitting in in an exchange zone in the in the middle like that like
0: yeah we'll get into that so we'll get let's move through the semis and then we can kind of divul you know okay. diverge a little bit talk about you folks and then yeah so like okay. specifically you're talking about I, I think the us team right devin yeah exactly okay, so what did you see and what was happening
2: yeah well we can we'll do if it was that but- with the semifinals, I think I think Har probably agrees with me on it, but like the first semifinal, while it was the more stacked semifinal, that's where the Canadians were in, the Norwegians, the Swedes. Um but that said, the, the first semifinal had way better conditions than the second semifinal. So uh you know like it yeah. just you you saw Finland Finland move through in the first semifinal because they had a little bit of a snafu. And they
1: crashed yeah, yeah 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 and they
2: they crashed. So like and, um, so then, so that was, that went off without incident. I want to like, if we're starting like that, I thought it was awesome to see, like, actually, like when I saw Tony in the first, like Antoine Sear for, in the first lap of the semi-final, I'm just like, what the hell is this kid doing? He doesn't care.
1: He doesn't, he didn't care. He just yeah. went for it. <laughs>
2: exactly. But it was awesome. It, so, you know what? It, yeah. They were seeing great. They were on a great day. So they moved through uh, by being top four. And, and if they would have been six, they still would have moved through. Like we just talked about, but, um, with time. Yeah, with yeah, time, yeah. yeah. and then But then when we go to the, like the second semifinal, um, you know, worse conditions, softer because the sun is just nuking that stadium. And then, yeah. like, you know, the, the Americans, they were right in it. There was nothing really happening. It wasn't that exciting. And then all of a sudden, mm. you know, Gus got a little antsy in his pantsy and, and went too soon and had to stop. But when he stopped at the, at the end of the exchange zone, he just does a full pizza, big snow plow. It was Hediger, I think, that runs right into him, of course. Takes out Hediger, takes himself out, has to come back around. Like, it was, oh, man, it was uh, It was heartbreaking to see a mistake like that. But at the end of the day, those things happen. And, and Gus is young, and he wasn't the only guy to go down today. He's so young, yeah.
1: No, 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 no. The, the fin went out, and that was one of the things that I thought was actually impressive from the Canadian. I think both, uh, both uh, Antoine and uh, Richie, Graham Richie, had to – to kind of go around avoid crashes so that was for young guys i think like that was a good example to see how they were still composed with their nerves and able to really handle those little things um so yeah it's hard for a first time first world championship for these three guys uh, it's always true
0: yeah alex I'm, I'm assuming like your first world championships um well maybe not but just speak to this like Gus has had a, a strong year for U.S. male skier, right? And I think people were probably like, you know, I'll speak for me. When I saw that it was Simeon and Gus together, I thought, well, you know, there's always a possibility, right? People crash, people this, people that, and they end up on the podium. What kind of pressure? Ooh, that,
2: that's a bit rich. That's a little rich, Jason. <laughs> on the podium, they didn't have the team to be on the podium, but they pretended, yeah.
0: Like I said, dude, but here's the deal. I'm going to qualify this. Remember, I got all jacked watching those 2011, like, yeah, Oslo that's videos. True.
2: That's true.
0: So what kind of pressure is there, or how do you adjust as, like, you know, going from that junior U23 level to senior world championships? What's that like, Alex, and how did you deal with that? No, the first senior world championship for me was uh, Liberec
1: 2009. Uh, so I was a, a first-year senior, but... I really came in with basically no expectation. Uh, we, you know, m- my first World Cup points in Europe, I scored the week before that championship. So coming in, I didn't have so much expectation. The goal of my season that year was to do well at under 23 World Champs. And, and I did, even though I, I got, I'd gotten sick uh, at the beginning of that 23 World Championship. But World Seniors was just a bonus for me. Um, and and we had a we had a for the Canadian for the men's team we had a really great relay we were fifth in the relay but I don't think we came in with uh, at least for me personally I didn't k- come in with many much expectations I was I think I was 29th in the sprint I had a little bit of a stumble in my quarterfinal didn't make it through but I don't think I had the level to to move to the semis anyway uh, and it was just a really tricky I remember I don't know if you remember Curtis but a really tricky championship for waxing I remember showing up to the start of the skiathlon looking around guys on Harry's and whatnot, starting to dump snow. And we're looking at our skis, we had Clifter. So that was a really kind of a really weird skiathlon and then coming, but then in the skate coming back, but I was so young, man. Like I, I didn't have expectations in 2009. And honestly, like looking at Gus season, um, I was super impressed with the way you race at the Tour de Ski. Coming, like, getting stronger and stronger as the tour went on. Top 10 in, the, in Val de Tien on, like, a really hard course. Um, I'm really impressed with, with the kid. And, uh, yeah, I think he's he's got a really bright future ahead of him.
2: Well, and especially, like, dude, like, that 10th, we talked, because Alex and I, like, for people at home, like, I mean, like, <clears throat> yeah. I was in Alex's wedding party. Alex is the, the godfather of one of my daughters. Like we're really close. We talk all the time. So, um, so, but like, we were talking with about Gus, like this whole season together. And like Gus in in Falloon man, to be ninth in that 15 K skate individual starting where he did and the way he did it, he was hop skating those Hills, like looking so good. Like Gus is the real deal, man. And, and um, for sure. And you know what? Like, as, as disappointing as it was today, Gus's best race of the championship is coming up this week. Like, we haven't seen the, the end of Gus. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's all good. And, and the reason why I jumped in a bit, Anya, like, not to rain on the parade, but, like, when you, when you see the race, how it went today in the final, I'm sorry. Like, Simi Hamilton is is no like, luck.
1: No, it's no. It's too fast, too fast. The, the pace yeah. is too high.
2: Exactly. If if you want the U.S. to be on the podium, then Simi has to have been skiing like he did three, four years ago, and and then maybe there's a chance. But like Mackie, Klebo, Gleb, Bolshinov, these guys are skiing at a level that um, Gus is not not even close. Like Gus is yeah. going to be there, but he hasn't yeah. shown that yet. And and no. the podium was just not in the cards for today, anyways. But yeah. but fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, all that was yeah. in play for sure yeah. for the U.S. Yeah. And that is sad because they because I know Simi's in the twilight of his career and you know he he skipped races and he really was focusing on this. We didn't see Gus in the skiathlon yesterday because they were saving up for the for the team sprint and and everything goes to shit. But you know what? That kind of that happens once in a while and it's gonna it, it's just gonna happen. Better to get it out of the way for Gus early in his yeah. career and he'll never exactly. make that mistake again. No, yeah,
0: yeah. No. I think the biggest bummer. It's more just Simi, right? Yeah, just, no, I that, yeah. that yeah, good dude last team sprint
2: yeah totally and i understand it's a bummer for simi but also simi was really gracious in his comments and and like the interview he had and stuff but also like simi knows how he's raced this year like we can say what we want and say like it it was today was a hail mary for simi anyway like yeah maybe you said you feel good and your legs feel good but like honestly this year has been bad for simi Yeah. yeah so you know?
1: It's not like Italy or Sweden who really missed out on their day. Exactly. Today, like for them, that was bad. France. You know, Let's like, talk about France. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah what did you see from those two? Like exactly. So France, two uh, heavy hitter skater skate sprinters. You know, Pellegrino. Obviously, you know those guys can crush.
1: Yeah. Well, I think France for me for me I think France they had the wrong order. Usually, first leg of a team sprint, you're going to go for a guy who can do like three fast laps and recover in between. And I'm sorry, but I don't think Shanova can do that. Once you put lactate in Shanova's legs, it, it's not going anywhere for the next hour. I think Juve has done some good distance racing in his career. He's been, he's been on podiums on Opa Cups back in the days, and he's, he's a better distance gear. I would have put Juve first leg, because you, know you know Bolshinov's going to go first leg, and you know that means the pace is going to be high. And if you do a hard lap with Shanova, you know he's done for the next lap. So, so for me, that was, I think that, that was their mistake. Uh, for, for France, personally. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, Italy, I think, Pellegrino didn't, didn't re- was just not as normal. Like, with such soft conditions like that, I thought he was going to really have a good day. Like, he's kind of a quick guy, light guy on his skis, Rossi, you know, they can be really good in, in those soft conditions. Um, but, but yeah, today, Pellegrino was just not strong enough. So. But, yeah, they, I mean, yeah. It's, it, it was like a fitness team sprint. You know, it was like hard from quite early on in the race with, with tough conditions. So I think it was, yeah, you had to have uh, enough endurance to, to, to last the, the distance.
2: Yeah. And the other thing, like just to hop on that, like we were talking about the conditions, these championship courses are no joke and, and Bolshinov in the first uh, going first like that. And when we come to the final, like you saw what he did on the second to last leg, like no one can follow him there. No one can. And then you get into the, final I thought I thought Volness did an amazing job to keep it right. close enough and Volness is a beast and and, yeah. and he kept it close and and the fact of the matter is like tactically speaking bolshinov I, I know he's flexing like I, I get it but but uh, the the reason why Gleb had no chance to contend for for even the silver medal was because he was put in a really terrible position by bolshinov I mean Gleb is like 195 centimeters tall and Probably like heavy. close to eighty-five nine eighty-five kilograms at least, in it's soft conditions. And then you dangle you dangle Gleb out front by five seconds with Klebo chasing him down. Like you yeah. know what's going to happen. But but that said, impressed that Bolshanov, the the tactic Bolshanov did. The reason why Russia has a medal is because Bolshanov blew the race apart.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, because Italy with Pellegrino on on Gleb's, you know, on Gleb's tail at the beginning yeah. of I think would have been able to come around him totally. on the last little uphill and yeah, so it's. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it was re- it looked like a really hard, hard course and hard conditions.
0: So. Expected from Glebo, I mean, like he he took his time, and it almost like by the time he reeled he reeled Gleb in, it it pretty much at the bottom of that hill. It didn't even look like he was really working that hard, but it, but of course he's working. But what are we seeing there? Is that just like? Efficiency manifesting in sweet glide and bringing him into contact. What what we're seeing, Jason, is like claybo is
2: the best sprinter that's ever lived, and he's only twenty four. And he takes his time. He's so he's such a beautiful technician. Like his t- his technique is stunning. He there's yeah I agree with Alex. Like like Pellegrino is usually really good in these soft conditions, but other than that, Klebo is far and away the best mm. skater in the World Cup in soft. Soft, tough conditions, mm-hmm. and and that lethal kick we saw. I mean, mm-hmm. you also have to put it in context. It was a. Le- it was first of all, it was insane. It was beautiful. He 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 destroyed. He he like threw down to win gold. But like we're seeing him do that against a tired Gleb Retevic and Johnny Mackey. So <laughs> of course you're gonna. Of course you expect to see yeah. Claybo undress Johnny Mackey and a tired Gleb Retevic yeah. up a soft climb. So I just wanted to put that in context because, I mean, but it was when you looked at the start list, guys, I don't know what you thought, Harv, but like when you look at the start list, it's like Norway is going to win this team sprint so easily with Ustigov not racing. injury, leg injury and and (laughs) not great, great. Yeah, Yeah, like, like Ustigov, Bolshanov, that against Norway, that would have been an epic men's team sprint. Yeah, but but Gleb Bolshanov, Gleb is an awesome I I love Gleb. Gleb's actually a really good guy. He's kind of like a friend of the Canadian team. He's always chatted with us throughout the years. Yeah. But like he was put in a really hard position. And um, you know, good on him for get for for getting yeah. a podium. Because I mean, I think that was the best they could hope for.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I'd like to add about Klebo is how impress how how his cornering is. Like he generates so much speed out of the corners. And I'll just bring you guys back to the classic sprint. I, I thought, because he was in the in the quarter, the semi, and the final against Valness, and Valness had the exact same tactic every round, leading up the last uphill, leading in the downhill, and Klebo would just sit on him and just generate so much speed in that last corner into the final stretch, just like a couple skate classic push, and then tucking by him as Volnus is already double pulling, then getting into his double pulling. So Clayboe is just so uh, agile on the skis and so, such a, a quick, like a soft touch in the corners. I think that's another thing that when it's soft conditions like that, he's so much better than any uh, any other skier in, in cornering like that. So that adds up as well.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. Like nobody, absolutely nobody descends like Clayboe. Remember, remember when he bust, burst out the scene, in Harvard like Oh, his skis, he is way better skis. He waxes his skis yeah. a little different. And now like four years later, it's like, you know what? No, he doesn't. He's just way better than yeah. anyone else. Yeah. Like yeah. way better, Descender. Yeah.
0: It's, it's,
2: it's, yeah. it's night and day. Yeah. yeah.
0: What, what went through your minds when you knew that like Klebo was on form, you were at a championship event or you were primed for a particular World Cup and you knew, you know, you were going head to head with Klebo. Like when you guys were in your prime, I mean yeah, Devin. I was done. My prime was long. You were a little bit like that, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Alex, but, you were, you know, you were in form racing against him when he yeah. was a bit younger. Yeah. What was that like?
1: Yeah. Well, you're basically hoping that uh, the strong guys in the field, like maybe Sunday back then, or, or Dario, or the Russians, will set a hard enough pace to just get rid of him. Because because uh, if he's there. Uh, your chances of winning are, are pretty slim. Uh, yeah, they're 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 really slim. I mean, yeah, I I, I had he came around me in in the stretch in in uh, in Quebec a few years ago, and he, yeah, he's just he's just so quick. So it's uh, it's it, it, if he's there in the last 500 meters, it's it, I think it's even harder than than getting getting around Nortug. Uh, he's just really fast.
2: I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with you for sure. Like as good as Nortug is and Nortug was, sorry, and, and like Nortug's a total legend because he's won every distance individual yeah. starts everything. And that's where you can't yeah. like that's 50k Claybo- like
1: Claybo's yeah. not at the fifty winning fifty K no. level yet.
2: No, so, no. Like Nortug, I mean,
1: Nortug could do that when he was already like younger than Klebo's age. Like Yeah.
2: yeah. So. Oh yeah, exactly. So but but you're absolutely right, Alex. Like cross country skiing has never seen a kick like Klebo. Mm. Period.
1: Because the, the, people people need to understand that when Nortug was kicking like that, he was like the first one to bring in a kick like that on the World Cup. Like he was kicking like that with like Tobias Ongerer or Axel Teichman or like or Lucas Bauer. Because you were faster than these guys though. But you know, like it, it, it's athletes that never trained their speed so much. Now, 10 years later, every kid trains their speed so every guy that's good in distance is also training their speed so claybo is able to make those guys look like mopes just like Northug used to do but the thing is those guys are going faster than the guys that Northug was going against back in the day over like a just 100 meter stretch so that's what's impressive to me like sport has evolved and yet claybo is still just like a notch above everybody else in that kick so, so that's really impressive
2: yeah, and then the other thing too, like even though this is not talking about the team sprint at all, but like where Klebo, like you know, they're just game changers in skiing. Like, like to what Alex is saying, like Nortug really changed skiing because he yeah. had that kick that we'd never seen before. No one's ever seen kicks like that in, in distance yeah. races. And then who is the next guy to change skiing? It was it was Sunby. like like you know like I know Johan Olsen with charging with like yeah, the charge. Yeah. Yeah. I know Johan Olsen changed it with the, him winning the fifty k in two thousand thirteen by dropping everybody. But really, that sustained change was like Sunby would just drill it from the front, like he was Teresa Johag, rip the yeah. legs off all of us, blow up yeah. the men's field like crazy. And I got caught out with that because I had trained myself to withstand those surges. The North Dougs yeah. stopped racing. And that's yeah. where like, I got a ton of top 10s and podiums all over. Yeah. The, like my, yeah. like, because I trained myself in those five, six years to be efficient in that. And then Sunby came and it's like it's a new game. He changes it. And then Claybo comes. And I remember man, I remember this Alex cuz we talked about this a ton. But like the first time we ever saw Claybo do like his uh, like Claybo running in classic. Yeah. And we're like and we're like we're like oh is this even is is everyone going to change like this? This is just so special for him and like is it even faster we tried and we're like I'm mm-hmm. not even sure it's even faster and like now look, if you can't yeah. do a Claybo run in classic, forget it dude, you're not going to yeah. win shit. You're not going to yeah. win shit in a mass start classic race. If yeah, you can't run true. like, like because yeah. it's just faster. So he's oh, yeah. you're absolutely right. He's evolved the sport and 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 he's taken it to to totally new heights yeah. and yeah. uh it's it's a cool point that you bring up, Harv. I agree.
0: I mean, did you guys try and like, okay, we need to master the run? Or were oh, yeah. you over it at that point? I mean, yeah, you were like, okay, let's train for this.
2: Of course, I remember the first year Harvard and I like were out there so many training sessions, like trying it one with like trying classic fast and like changing yeah. our technique and then even herring boning a bit, like going outside of the track and like I think herring boning still be faster, but like no, no, no like Klebo changed cross cross country skiing. Yeah. That the reason why we saw like we talked about this a couple of days ago, Jason, but like in the men's sprint, like seeing Klebo just just nuking and but volness and and look at volness yeah. and man. Vulnes yeah. and Tombo, so stable. Oh, yeah. No movement in their stomach, their hips. Yeah. they're like they are so stable, and they're just going like oh, so, so freaking fast. fast. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just way faster, man. Like it, yeah. it's just like yeah, the, yeah. it's the evolution of sport. It's awesome to yeah. see. And the
1: Swedish, I mean the Swedish girl world champion. I forget her name, but uh, she's
2: yeah, Sundling. Really yeah, awesome. Zundling, yeah, Johanna Sundling was running really well too like the girls are, are doing it. Exactly. Too. I mean, no, totally. yeah. It's all changed. It's changed because yeah. we've seen that. We've seen that from Lynn's phone yeah. earlier this year. Yeah. Too. You're totally right. Well, I feel like it was
0: most pronounced actually for me, just remember we talked about the camera angles. I felt like, aha, they're all running on the women's side. And we say it's running, but it's like, it's, it's, they're getting their weight right
2: under them and they're having their weight right under their kick zone with like fairly high hips, stable hips, yeah. like and a stable stomach. Like, I think it's fair to say like, we do call it running because that's the only word we can use, but it's it's just a new technique that is that the, yeah. the cross country skiing has found yeah. that when you're in shape, it's like It's like upskating, exactly. but in yeah. classic, exactly like
1: upskating. For- like Thomas Osgard won a bunch of races, never upskating. Like he didn't yeah. up, he just glide the longest offset. Then upskating came in a bit later on. I think that's the upskate of classic skiing. Yeah, I totally that's agree. That's just what we're seeing. Yeah, exactly. That's the
2: evolution. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So describe Devin or Alex before we get to the women's race and the 2011 race as well, uh, up skating, give us, give folks a visual.
2: So, so, like, like a hop, hop, like, if you want to know the best visual of hop skating, just google, just type in Teresa Yohag skate into YouTube, and like every time she's <laughs> going up a hill, that's awesome. She does, yeah, yeah exactly. zone one, whatever,
1: <laughs> four hours. ski, yeah, she's up skating, yeah, she's up skating funny.
2: everything, <laughs> yeah. but, but it, it, essentially, it is just like a really snappy, powerful movement where you're literally like, especially it looks like that. I mean, if we're going to get into the total nuance, like Alex and I would, it, it's it's not quite, but it really looks like you're hopping from one leg to the other when you're climbing a hill and skating. That, that's what a, that's what a hop skate is. So, so it's just yeah. a really quick side to side movement. And it takes like an insane, like, yes, you need to be in insane shape. And I, we talked about that the other day too, Jason, like the races, the skate races I've done well. And I had the body to do that. No problem.
1: Yeah. You but don't problem, feel anything in your leg.
2: Yeah, exactly. But the problem was I didn't have the technique dialed enough to be able to do it every single day. Like Teresa can. And I also wasn't anywhere close to as good as Therese. so like, that also, hurt. Me. that also hurt me, but, um, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's a, uh, it, it's super interesting. And before we go to the women, Jason, we got to just like the Canadian men, both 22 years oh, old. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. No, like, no worries, man. Like both 22 years old, like hard, man, you got to admit, like this was a, this was a, this was really great to see. Cause like the Canadian men, men have struggled this year the senior level, they yeah. struggled under twenty threes, and and yeah. to be seventh like this in a field like this in conditions like this, both those guys have never been to World Senior Championships before. Uh, they were they did everything right, like you said. But I like the fire they had, like you're saying, Alex. They were aggressive, and I, I hope that this this should be real wind in the in the sails of, of the team because I, I thought what they did today deserves some airtime. They they really. They skied beautifully, and they were so close to fifth as well. I know they were seventh, but yeah, I like, can watch the race. Like Richie, man, Richie's last couple legs were insanely impressive, and of course Tony, he's he's a stronger classic skier, and he kept them right in it, like much to what Alex was saying. So it was it was a uh, it was an awesome day for Canada to be yeah. in seventh. It was cool.
1: Yeah, on a, on like a, a non-tactical team sprint at all. It was just like exactly. high pace. So like they had they were skiing well, but it was not just like tactics and. Positioning like they were they had good enough fitness to like need be, be like basically like a photo finish with Sweden both in their semifinal and in the final, and I mean Sweden for sure thought they were coming in to to, to get a medal, so I mean they they were right there that was impressive yeah,
2: yeah it was awesome and then one last thing too so I keep I keep going with one. Last
0: no dude, I'm with the mens you have all the time you want
2: <laughs> yeah, but like but like we also can't remember. I thought like I, I was a little heartbroken for a Great Britain because like Clugknit man got tangled up in his semifinal and he was just on the wrong side of that cut, like the Great Britain was. But remember, go back and YouTube that. Like, dude, Andrew Young broke his freaking fibula <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. crash only four weeks ago. And he's yeah. barely skated, man. He's barely skated. He's been doing like a training on a stationary bike and he did one treadmill test like a couple days ago here in Norway. Realized, like, oh, it's actually feeling pretty good flew in at the last minute and like it was just kind of unlucky that that klugnik got the get all tangled up in, in uh, it, it, at a bad time and they didn't make it out of the semi-final but but i i'm still impressed with uh, great britain like with Youngy. i mean i think like andrew young to even be on the start line is ridiculous so like uh yeah. so there was a lot of cool storylines in the men's side of things but yeah and again tough- america but sorry they, they weren't going to do it that today happens anyway and
0: yeah and, you know me i'm not like a big homer when it comes to flying the flag so no, but I am, so, I am
2: i am i am i, I, I love you. north well and i, and I love I, I mean sim a, like i have a lot of respect for sim, and gus is is the future for real and we've got a lot of emails talking about like what about the american men like gus is the truth and the oh, other yeah. guns he, are gus the gus, has,
1: gus has three gold medals from world junior championships so like gus Gus is a real over like two two different years. Like, Gus is, is the real deal, like, most definitely. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, so, so the fact that he made a small mistake and it, and it cost them moving through the semi that happens. And yeah, I do feel bad for Simi that's in the twilight of his career. But you know what? That he's had a lot of highlights in his career, too. The guys want, to yeah. Uh, and he been- knows,
1: he knows, he knows what it takes. He knows, like, how you need to feel to be able to contend for a podium. And like, I'm sure you're trying to convince yourself of things, but I mean, it's. The, the guys on the podium, like they're going quite fast right now.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: So here's one thing before we go to the women's side and this is sort of a good blend into it. We, Alex, I'm assuming that it's, the podcast is not in French yet, yet. Okay. Okay. So we're working on that. We've kind of like, I don't know, even Devin, I've sort of followed Devin's lead a little bit on this. We've kind of just like, yeah, whatever, team sprint world cup. Let's talk about something else today. Even though there was a team sprint, this was real. I was actually loved the racing, and like you mentioned, ten episodes ago or whatever, Devin. It's like there's something about a championship team sprint. There's stuff on the line, and I found myself today completely immersed, loving it. Whereas you know, uh, Dresden, whatever, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, what am I watching here? I'm dizzy from the tag offs. Where is everyone? Very different today, so I loved it. Just wanted to throw that in there.
1: That yeah, and the thing is, a championship course changes everything too. Like it's, it, it just like you know, it's going to be a hard course, and like guys, guys will will actually guys and girls will actually like rest for the team sprint because they know like it's a good shot at, at a podium. So it's it's different than a team like a city team sprint like Dresden when there's a, like ten laps or I don't know how many, but it's uh, yeah.
2: The reason why I kind of poo-poo team sprints in the world cup is a lot of the times the team sprints are are coupled with a sprint in the world cup, right? So you don't have any distance guys. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So it, yeah, for sure. Lobbing in a distance guy on a hard course on and, like a, on, the, on a first leg a, can make it different.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So like, so in the championship, you have that blend of the distance guys, the, the sprinters, all on the same team together. And then like, it's for something real and like people bring the heat and it's just a totally different race. So, so, I mean, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's my feelings. Yeah. I mean, there was a crash. Yeah, it was, it
1: was... There was a, a couple crashes. Like Anna Maria Lampage is just like, she's also the future of like sprinting. I think for for the on the women's side, like she was keen. She had like a, a really good last leg. Uh, that, that was really <laughs> impressive to me. Yeah. And and Norway sort of, coming undone like that was weird I thought like completely flat Mikan was just like she had nothing
2: yeah yeah and she said that too like I was sitting like Harv was with me actually for for 10 minutes (laughs) which was kind of fun but uh I was working with NRK today in, in in the studio and and you know like Mikan said it herself like in her interviews and stuff like she just she woke up didn't feel good. Like that, that feeling that you feel like when you're on form and you go for your morning jog and your legs are light and you feel like this is happening. Mike and said, like just felt flat, like kind of right from the gun, but like, you're kind of trying to lie to yourself. Like, oh, I will feel better after the warm up. and, and in her semi not skiing that well, like, like just looking kind of heavy and like with her technique and stuff. And then in the final, like Alex said, like comes undone and she just didn't have the day, but all, all the respect to Mike and she went through the, the mix zone and just like, she just said it like it was like, been a really hard season for me. If you would have told me I would have had an individual medal in the sprint, I would have told you're crazy. And uh, today, I just I've had a lot of days like this this year where where my body just not 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 in line with my expectation and it just it w- it was empty. But I agree. I mean, of course, it's always it's always weird to see Norway sixth. I mean, that's yeah, that that's yeah. totally weird. But but at the end of the day, like Lampage, like you're saying, like dude, you such a great last lap and yeah, Ben man, Pelties yeah, Andrew.
1: Sandrish was going up that last hill like so fast. That was impressive
2: too. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost looked like I don't know, like I knew Sunling was gonna undress her, but like yeah. you 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 have to admit, you had a little feeling, at least I didn't yeah. remember like Rick was going in the final. I'm like slingshot, maybe S- slingshotting or something, exactly, like in the downhill. That-
1: she was right on her, but she's yeah. on Pelcanon, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just kidding. But Telsman that- versus <laughs> Rosignal on like soft dirty snow condition, like you got to give a bit of an edge on the Mall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Edu- That's <laughs> not totally just kidding.
2: Yeah. So, but I, Fenwick was, was awesome. Lampage was awesome. But before we get like way into the nitty gritty with the, with it, I think, I don't know how people feel about this, but like Diggins, like US coming fifth. I thought like fifth is, is fifth is fine. Like it's a, it's a solid, ev- it's a solid finish in a world championship. It, it's super solid, but I think of course, like, you know, they're the U.S. is going to be disappointed with fifth. They will be. Well, I mean,
1: they're Olympic champion, and the last time there was a skate team sprint like and a championship they won was they were Olympic champions. So, yeah,
2: they,
1: I, I, I was surprised that that Jessie wasn't there. I, I, I mean, she must be feeling tired after after the skiathlon, but I, I didn't I didn't read anything about this. Uh, for sure, that that was a shock for me to not see her on the start list, but.
2: Yeah, and, and that, that was a shock for me too, because I mean, like, like, like Diggins has been, I mean, Diggins is the best gear in the world this year on the yeah. World Cup. She's going to, she's won the overall World Cup yeah. for the first time yeah. ever for the US. She's been yeah. sprinting super well. I mean, all of a sudden, sprinting well, doing great in skate distance races. It's going to be a kind of a tough, tough condition where, like Alex is saying, like, endurance matters. And Jesse decides to sit. I mean, I know she's going all in for this uh for this um the 10k, 10K speed. But but at the same time, um yeah, I, I mean it's it's hard like you said Alex, like it was it was I was surprised not to see her not, not to see her start yeah. the the team sprint with, with someone like Rosie or Sadie. You pick either of yeah. those and then you've got to you go think way. that's hard, that that yeah. that's hardware. I mean yeah. I mean well
0: how, yeah. Yeah, I no, mean,
2: no, I do, I do I do the reason why I do the reason why I do Jason is like well, okay, hardware. What's hardware? She could have been fourth. Yeah, you're right. Because Russia had a great race, and they were fourth too. But but I just mean like Diggins has shown – like the cornering we were talking about, like Klebo on the downhills. And when it she gets is. soft like that, Diggins is, again, like Diggins is the Klebo of the women's field. Yeah. Descend. Yeah. And, and in a team sprint, being able to descend like Diggins can descend, man, that is – that's worth its weight in gold. Like Diggins makes up so much time by cornering so well like that. Like, and, 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 you know, Rosie can't corner like that. And Sadie can't, no one, no one in the world can corner like that. Tereza can corner like that. Like and can't corner like that. Like even Lampage who's, yeah, like I, I totally agree with Alex. Like she's the future of women sprinting for sure, but she can't corner like that. And, and it was, you know, I I know she's so motivated for this 10K skate and I get it but like I'm a little worried like if if the 10k skate like Frida Carlson is back in shape in such a good shape right now oh my yeah yeah Yeah. and and Ebba is a great skater you know that and and also home home could add like a a rocker oh dude, dude. in skating on a course like that yeah it's like so it's like Diggins I think it's awesome. And I hope we see her. Like we talked about it yesterday with Kristen. Like I'm a huge, I'm the biggest, Diggins fan. I like, it. she's the yeah. best, but, but I mean, like sitting a team sprint like that in a course like that, where man, she could have been a real help to the U S team to, 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 if she, if she wins a medal or, or win if she wins a medal in the 10 K skate, it's the best decision ever, but she yeah. could just easily come seven in that 10 K skate with these other women that she has to compete against that are in wicked shape right now.
0: Okay, let me let me ask a question to put this in context. So, um, I think you know, I I Matt Wickham either texted me or like in the conversation I forget, but but I think you know this was right when they were naming the team for you know the team sprint. So it was like a maybe I was just about to. It's uh, it's Sunday now, so maybe it was like early Saturday morning. I forget. So, you know, it's like there's other things kind of on the agenda, or she's going to rest up for that ten k. She raced every event in Pyeongchang, five events, I think. Um, that's a you know that's an emotional toll beyond just like the the obvious physical toll. And I remember talking to her, you know, about this earlier in the season, maybe after she won the tour to ski. And you know, I think coming in, she was like, "Yeah, I maybe have different goals." I, I, she alluded to the fact that I'm probably not going to race the full schedule. So, you know, I'm curious, like Alex. Um. Did you? I don't think you raced the full schedule in P- Pyeongchang. Is that right? At least for individual events. No.
1: No. Yeah. I skipped. Uh, I skipped. Uh, I did all the individual events. But the thing is, the Olympic Games are over fourteen days. Right.
0: It's a it's a bigger span. And the World
1: Championships are over yeah. ten days. And those four days for the same amount of races is a huge difference. It's huge. So not many people do all six races at the World Championships. You got to sure. pick. You, you have to pick. So, so, so there's that. Yeah. So, so there's that for sure.
0: So I'm, I'm curious, and both you guys can speak to this when you were like, you know, I'm thinking of in particular 2018 and pardon me, but like you retired after the Devin, you retired after the Olympics, correct? Yeah. You went one more year. Is that right, Alex? Or did you? Re- yeah,
1: no, I went, I, I retired after 2019. One, one more year.
0: Okay. That's right. I remember like the Jesus pose in Quebec, <laughs> but that said, like, as you mature as an athlete, right? And like how does your perception change about like what you should race and what you shouldn't race? And maybe again, I'm going to use the words like maybe be a little more selfish about protecting your psychic energy or and your physical energy for the for an individual event rather than a team event. Yeah, you know, I'm just curious like how you process that. How you both would have maybe processed that.
1: Oh, I mean, for sure you got to you got to look at at least for me, I was looking at what are the best two or three shots at at getting a medal, like if you're looking at at the six races of a championship you're going to try to isolate and identify two to three races when you think you have really the the, the best shot at at being on the podium, and then from that point on, you kind of build a schedule to make sure you're you're on top on top form during those two three days, so if that means doing a, a race. For me, like I know, I've, I've done some relays in the past in, in, in Seyfeld was the, the best example. Like I did the first leg in Seyfeld just to try to ski and, and just, I knew we, we didn't have like a legitimate chance of, of a podium, but I did it to, to get myself ready for the 50K. And I did the exact same thing in Lottie when, when I did the, the, I think it was the fourth leg that I did in Lottie. And it was just in order to get ready for that 50K. So sometimes you can use a race, instead of doing intervals and other times you're going to skip the race. Like for me, say fail, I skipped the 15 K classic individual start just because I've never been on the podium in that event in my whole career. So I didn't think it was going to happen at the world championship. So so you got to skip that. But again, and I'm not in Jesse's head. I'm not like, I'm not in the know, like, I don't know what is what's going on. And, but to me from an outsider, it's just surprising to skip the event where you're, you're Olympic gold medalist. That, that's all I'm saying. But again, like I really don't know uh, if, if it was planned ahead of time. It, it sounds like it might've been, uh, but, but from from me, like from a an older guy who retired two years ago, I was like, Whoa, okay. That, that, that's, that's surprising.
2: Yeah, me too. And like, just to hop in there too, Harv, like I, I, I was too for that same reason. And then also when you look at the schedule, right? Like, you have a 30K classic mass start. It's like. It's and it's going to be
1: hard. It's, it's exactly. not going to be like a 30K in little no. armor and like no. extra blue. It, it's going to be, it's going to be real, like great classic skiers who are going to shine in, in that 30K. Exactly. You know that. Exactly. Look at the forecast. There is, it's going to be, it's going to be hard.
2: Yeah, it, totally. So, so I, I looked at that. And then also like, even though Jesse's had great success in the classic sprint in Oberstdorf. And it's great to start the day, but like, how hard was Jessie's day in the classic sprint? She got knocked out in the quarterfinal. Like, it was—it wasn't a big, big effort there. Uh, the pursuit is a huge effort. I mean, like that—that was—that was a war, and she had a tough day. But I agree with you, Alex. Like, I mean, I mean, I—I I know she's so motivated, and she feels like this is her chance because she beat Tadesse Ojag. But like the heart. uh, in falloon only a couple weeks ago in the 10k skate but the thing that's always i don't want to say scary because maybe jesse wins the 10k skate and we're all popping champagne but like, you never know where everyone is in these world cup weekends but you do know where they show up in in the championship and like if if you go back to falloon where's frida carlson like i mean Frida's like racing bad not skiing well but maybe Frida Carlson was doing a 28 hour week the week before, like yeah. to get ready to yeah. be crushing it in the pursuit. Yeah. You, you know, you never yeah. have that kind of info. And, yeah. and I think it's just, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm with Alex. Like I, 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 I was like, I was majorly surprised when I didn't see Jesse yeah. start the team sprint, but at the same time, let, let's hope it, let's hope it works out. I, I, I love Jesse. I'm a big, a biggest fan. I hope she can. She's enjoy. having
1: such a good, like it's so impressive the way she's skiing this season. Like she, oh, yeah. you can tell she worked a lot on classic. The tour to ski showed that. Yeah. But again, to me, if, if she, if, if like from an outsider, I think her best two shots out of, po- out of metal are the 10K skate and the skate team sprint. So exactly. to me, I would have, like if it was me, I'd build a schedule around those two events. And then everything yeah, else me. is kind of, yeah, it's an outside shot or just a build up for those two races totally i couldn't agree but more we'll see We're, like I'm, I'm i really hope she proves us wrong in in a couple of days like yeah. me too because we all know she can nobody nobody can go in the basement like jesse
2: like nobody yeah. well that well, well Teresa.
1: but i like the guys are based dude or like she's like her, her level or her fitness level is just so <laughs> crazy like She's not suffering until like the last couple of cases. Then yeah, she's suffering. But like Jesse, yeah. it's Jesse goes to the basement, man.
2: Oh yeah, no, I know Jesse. Like and and that's the thing. Like nobody digs like Diggins, man. Like no, she's, nobody. And and that is the most inspiring stuff, man. Men or woman in pretty much any sport I've ever fought. I'm like Alex and I are the biggest sport dorks ever. We talk about cycling, yeah. about running, we talk about everything. But like Jesse Diggins is a cut above the rest. No, nobody. Can bury themselves like Jesse. So, I uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm be really excited to see her in the 10k.
1: Basically, like when when she comes undone, if she comes undone, her technique falls apart, and then that's kind of when she starts to go like even faster. You're like, how how is that possible? Like, y- you know, she's like full at date now. Technique's coming undone, and then she's accelerating like that's it's it's crazy. It's yeah,
2: amazing. I agree. I agree. It's it's a, it's a something to be seen.
0: Okay, Swiss women. We got to mention the Swiss women.
2: Awesome stuff. Like, dude, candidate dude, man. And, and you know what, Vandergraaf too, like Steam Leaks there, like I give her I yeah. give her like we're <laughs>
1: calling her Steam Leaks on like a public. <laughs> <Cool>. Okay.
2: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, but like no, but like Vandergraaf, Vandergraaf, like a really, really impressive race for her to keep her in it. Also, she's been, you know, she she's been skate sprints, has been her jam for a long, long time. And she struggled with her endurance in team sprints before. Not this year. They've been great in the team sprint this year. They like in Alder Sam as recently as Alder Sam, but but I, I, thought, I thought that uh, Van der Graaf did just such an awesome job to keep them in it. And, and I mean, like, Fanadec is – what a beautiful leg by Fanadec. And seeing Switzerland on the podium, I thought, like, what a kind of a fun podium, too. And that's, that's why I kind of love the women's races all year, actually, is, like, this is the podium in the team sprint. we got Sweden. Of course Sweden wins the women's team sprint. They are by far the best women's team. For sprinting, I think
1: Sweden runs the relay too. I'm just saying, like me
2: too. Yeah, like, I do.
1: How, how do you be? Who's Norway going to put on the last leg? Like, yeah. I agree. What are they going to do? But yeah,
2: we oh, can we can talk about that later. Yeah, but no, but I agree. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. With you. Yeah, but, but so, yeah. so like so like if Sweden didn't win the women's team sprint, it's a shock because they're far and yeah. away the best women's team uh, for sprint. Yeah. Then then in second you got we got Switzerland, which is just like so great for the sport. The way they did it, so Fantastic. refreshing. It's yeah, so, so refreshing. refreshing. And yeah, then, like, yeah. Alex and I are the biggest Lampage fans around. Like, she's awesome. And, and, the <laughs> way she, and the way she was skiing today, the way she skied in her individual sprint, um, you know, and this is kind of fun. Like, now Slovenia, a country with 1.1 million people, has now just come on the podium in the women's team sprint two championships in a row. Like, this, this is, this is cool, man. This is super, yeah. super cool. So so yeah. I thought I thought there was a, a whole bunch of great storylines. I thought Stupak looked really good too, honestly. She yeah. had a great leg. And Nepreva, I mean, I felt so bad for her at the end. Like she was really disappointed. And and but like Nepreva broke her hand, like two bones yeah. in her hand not that long ago. Yeah. The fact that he's come back to this level, it's impressive. And again, like a bit like the men's when when Fenric went on that last hill like that is oh, yeah. that is an insanely high level and there's not many women in the world that can go with that speed
1: yeah yeah no i agree i was really impressed with Stupak as well she's her skating has come a long way this year like davos she had like an amazing race that individual start and yeah it was really impressive but for me switzerland i was kind of ch- hoping for both switzerland and, and, and slovenia but i thought like you said their first leg skier both those countries i thought their first leg skier was just going to come totally undone totally. In, in in their respective last leg because i knew it was going to be a physical course and with, with sophie with my wife we always do betting contests the night before world cups or world champs and i was like she had slovenia on the podium in third and i was like no i think Urech, eva Ubrech or Ubreč. Um, I think she's going to come undone, and she she she, she kind of did, but she kept it like she kept it it close enough for lampage to do that move so both both those girls uh, the 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 Swiss and the slovenian girls did did amazing
2: yeah and, and then also i know I know Americans have like such high expectations, and Rosie has had like just a dream season she's been awesome. And Sadie, Sadie's you know coming into these championships really rested. She skipped the classic sprint. She skipped the pursuit. She put a lot of eggs in this bas- basket to get to get a podium. Much kind of like the, the Alex Harvey strategy you just described, where you like you target your races, your best chances for a podium. And the, and the team sprint is Sadie looked at that and said, "This is one of my best chances for the podium." And like fifth is really good. And the fact of the matter was today, the pair Sadie and Rosie, as good as they are and as good as they can be. Today those three women that were on the podium, especially especially Fanadic, Lampich and Sundling and that last leg. I'm sorry. They're it's, just hard that- to be,
1: it's hard it's hard to beat them.
2: Yeah
1: and or, spawn or, on like, a good day, but but yeah. Or, or, or Diggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So 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 yeah. I mean, like that's the that that's that that's how it was. And then the Canadian women, like they were in tough. and we kinda knew that they would be and and They finished 12th, but at the end of the day, like that's kind of their level right now. And especially in a physical team sprint and you know what, it's motivating at the same time. Like instead of being disappointed, you got to look at it as a a motivator and be like, now you've seen the level you've been in the race. You see what the, how, what you need to work on. And it's, it's capacity. You need to work on your capacity and. You know, you have the speed. You're fast enough over 10 seconds. Exactly.
1: Able to repeat that three minute effort over and over again.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So so, so yeah. that, that 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 should give them some motivation for the coming training seasons. Okay,
0: last question yeah. about this particular sprint, because the Pelties were front and center. And we've kind of joked about the Pelties off and on all some, all season. But, like, Alex, I want you to speak to this a little bit. Like, back in the day, Solomon, right? You were, like, Solomon's – well, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, f- first key Magnifica, athlete.
1: Magnifica. Okay. Maurice Magnifica is, is like, he's a – kind of a legend too he know? is like a legend he, he's a big for big, sure so, yeah, a yeah
0: totally big deal so, nice human I, I, being i
1: think he yeah but
0: like back in the day maybe where solomon's a little bit like the pelty of of the field
1: oh yeah just oh yes yeah in classic in classic i mean we had a teammate we had ivan babakov on our team and he was on Salomon basically his whole career when he raced with with canada so we after races we test skis and back then the classic skis were, were not good enough like it was pure and simple. They were just not not good enough. Well, they've arrived so, uh, at this point. Oh, they've arrived. And especially, like for me, the, w- when I made my decision to, to switch, I, I flew to France and I skied in, in La Clouza, brought my best two ski bags, my best fishers. And we had a, one of our wax technicians, he lived in France. So we we drove up to La Clouza and then we, we met with three Salomon guys and we tested for three days in, in three different conditions. And that was my definitive choice, the definitive uh, decision to switch. But the, the kind of what sparked my, my uh, thinking process was when we were at World Cup finals in Canmore. And on the last day, I was starting fourth of, of the overall of, of that tour, Tour of Canada. And Magnifica caught me for a minute. And I remember speaking on the phone with, with Sophie the, the night before. And I was like, well, I'm a minute behind third. I'm a minute ahead of fifth. It's going to be a boring day out there in Canmore. I'm, I'm going to ski. It's going to be like an individual start and just try to he- stay fourth. Manifica caught me after like 6K and he just blew by me on the flat. And he was on Salomon Classic Skis. And I w- it was like really soft, cluster condition. I was like, man, okay, Classic classic Salomon Skis, I've arrived now. So I, must- I have to test them. And that's what happened. I tried them and I switched. So uh, I think that was 2016 from 2015 when they came with the carbon skate ski too that was a game changer
2: oh yeah big time and the, i remember i remember that so well because like like i said alex has been like my little brother the whole time and like i remember we, we've shared her ski bag like when i was at my best uh, like we, we we shared a ski bag so we had yeah we, it wasn't alex harvey's there was names on them but we'd like whatever skis were best whoever was the best uh coming into the race they get the number one pick and whoever is yeah. second they get the second pick so instead of just testing 50 well like we wouldn't test 50 pairs of classic and skate skis, but you know, we, we would, we'd share a ski bag completely. And I remember when Alex told me, he's like, I'm going to France. I'm going to test Solomon skis. Like, I think they're really good. Like we talked about it. I mean, I was the tour of Canada too. And whatever I ended up in the end, like 16th or so, like I had seen how good they were. And like, and, 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 I thought it was crazy to do that before, not only a world championship, but then the Olympics the year after, and I'm like, really? And then he was talking to me as soon as he got back. He's like, dude, they're really good. I'm changing. Like, you should think about this. Like they're really, really good. But I wasn't on that plane. I didn't test those skis and I'm like, I, I was I was that old dog that just couldn't get with the times. And, and I, I stayed with Fisher going like thinking like Alex Harvey is like <laughs> put down the marijuana. <laughs> Alex well, you me, thought like, I did it? You thought I did it for cash. That's yeah. And then like, I thought you did it for cash. Cause yeah. it's like. Because like Fisher paid us crap. Yeah, but that's always. not a
0: bad reason either, I suppose, right? No, no, no.
1: but I, I didn't, like, it cost me, I I still had a year of contract with, with Fisher, so, like, I had to yeah. pay, like, a penalty, like, a pretty hefty, it cost me, I took no bonus, no salary for, for the 2015-2016 season, plus I paid, like, a huge, like, it, it cost me that year, like, I paid Fisher, Austria, a lot of money. So, yeah. like, and so- I switched because I taught, and the thing is, like, Fisher's skis are great. Like, Klebo probably has the fastest. And Klebo and Johug, like, they probably do have the best skis in the field. But the thing is, like, Fisher chooses who they give service to. And even no the World year Cup. when Devin was second in the overall no World, sure. World Cup, even when I, I, I'd be, like, top three in the overall World Cup, the service went to, like, other athletes. And we know that for a fact because our technician by then, Book, works with the, 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 fish, the Norwegian ski team now. He's Swedish. And he's like, I can't believe the service that the fifth guy on the Norwegian team is exactly. receiving it's way better than Devin used to get when he was, you know, the best in the world along with Dario Colonia. So it's for me, that, that's why I switched. I thought their, their skis were amazing, but I knew I was going to receive a better service. And that was a, a deal breaker for me.
2: You know, So just to, just to finish this thought process, like, so Alex tells me switching, I'm like, thought about it for like probably a, a good week. I'm like, I should probably switch to like, we, it's just such an advantage for me. And then I'm like, there's a world championship and the Olympics and I knew it's done for me. And I'm like, I straight up wussed out. I, I like, I'm like, I, I can't do it. I'm not switching. And, and the rest is history. I mean, Alex won the world championship gold in the 50 K in 2017. And yes, Alex was one of the best years in the world, but you cannot say that those Solomon athletes had an advantage that day because they were all over the top five. And it's because, yeah. Those carbons, Alex is talking. Oh, Muzzy. Like, yeah, and, and Manifica. and like
1: hiking in hiking in like a Rough season, and he came third that day. Like, yeah, exactly.
2: It, yeah. It, all it, on Solomon. Yeah. Solomon.
0: I just remember Musgrave and and it
2: was it yeah. was an icy, was but was, icy, yeah. icy, icy day conditions, and and Alex had the had him and As and, and in and Musgrave and Manifica. Yeah. They had the best skis in the field. But the, and, skis,
1: the thing is like. It was the high speed was there, but I remember Norwegian television, yeah. like the TV experts, yeah. the job that Devin is doing now, they were saying that our skis looked so stable. The Salomon skis looked so stable in those icy conditions on the steep climb. The Fisher guys and the other guys were slipping and we were just like keeping our edge on. They thought we had metal edges. They thought Salomon came yeah. with a special ski, ski with metal edges because the ski looked so stiff, but it, it looks so stable, but it's because the the carbon belt allows them to control exactly where you they, they put pressure on, on the edge of the ski and it's super stable so th- that's how good they were like those norwegian guys thought we had metal edges
2: and yeah no exactly did. yeah no exactly <laughs> no exactly and yeah. I think, I, but i just think it just shows that the mind of a champion jason and i'm not just trying to blow smoke up harv's ass here but like it it is like it, it is something that like these are the decisions you have to make and, and they look like risks to somebody like me at the twilight of my career that, that, has, been, that has been struggling uh, with illness. And really like kind of my best days were behind me, uh, but, but it, I wasn't willing to take like, to, to see those opportunities like Alex did. And I think it, I, I have all the respect in the world for athletes that, that make decisions like that. It was, it was really cool to see and be a part yeah. of them. The team. And
1: shoot, sure, after that season, she, she wrote the, the, the switch a year after me and like, like, sure, had always been like a great skier, but since then, like, sure, was he came like next level and he oh, told, yeah. like, he said that the support he was receiving from Salomon, so- he's such a small and light guy, they're building special skis for his build, so it, he doesn't have to use Teresa skis ski Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he yeah, exactly. Skate on Yohug skis. so yeah,
2: yeah
1: sure,
0: yeah. And last question about this, but people, I think we have a subset of the listenership who like really dig. Sort of the ski dorking thing. Um, Because I remember, you know, I was there in 2017. That was an exciting race. And I remember you talking about your skis. I didn't realize that was was like your full first, was that your first full season on Solomon's at that point? Yeah,
1: my first season. I've switched the spring before.
0: I remember you mentioning something about your skate skis after the 50K in the press conference. And maybe tell me that, that yeah illuminate a little bit but were those like fresh off the press yeah and flown to Lati or something like that that season that 2017 season i had so many races
1: in skating especially when i'd be testing skis with my tech and then the last test we do with the best pair we would select the salmon guy would come with a new pair that was fresh off the press i never been skied before like never put never like Waxed over just like brand new ski, testing it, winning like Ulri Sam. I did that. We like, I, I won the race, uh, the, the world champs, we did that. Like, and then other other races in Quebec after that, World Cup finals, new ski. So they, they would come up with new, especially in warm conditions when like a fresh grind is so much more efficient than kind of a bit of a worn out grind that's kind of filled up with, with hot wax and being scraped on, getting a bit more dull. So, like, fresh skis in the wet. Were just
0: so, so amazing. Okay. So, let's that's a great transition, like talking about high performance carbon hardware to what I have been watching in 2011. A total flashback. But as I was telling before you came on, Alex, you know, I was sort of telling Devin a little bit about sort of like the and for real, like the emotional jolt I, I, have gotten from watching a few of these videos that one is a and we'll post it. We are going to have a little bit of show notes this time, Devin. Uh, and it's getting late for you. Um really. But we're just getting to the good stuff, dude. <laughs> so one there, there's like a real crowd there, and that's just something that didn't I didn't really think about. And it was such a contrast into watching the World Championships right now, obviously, where there's zero crowd. They're piping in sort of this. It sounds like a video game crowd, actually. Uh, towards the finish but it really like again like I told Devin like was an emotional jolt for me I was like my god that is so good to hear and um, so I want to bring that up I want you guys to kind of set what went on in 2011 crazy fog two things for me crazy fog and and the crowd noise just was super cool so Yeah. You guys are celebrating. Yeah. What are we celebrating yeah. here?
2: Well, because it's been 10 years since Alex and I won the world championship, which is just actually pretty messed up to think about 10 years. Yeah. Like, where yeah. did that. We're come? old now. We're old We're so old now. Yeah, <laughs> super old. So, so like 10 years is just like crazy, but, but what I think is really, I mean, of course winning the world title with like one of your best friends on earth is an experience that like, you can't, it's a storybook. You, you can't even make it up. It's uh it's almost like, yeah, straight out of Hollywood or something. So it was, of course, a uh, huge highlight in my career and, and in my, like, my life. Yeah. But, but, what, but what I think was really special, too, is like we had a really good Olympic season, Alex and I, and the whole Canadian team. And Alex and I were fourth in the team sprint at home in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And like that really, I mean, Alex was, was always been, I've been really motivated too. We're both really competitive guys and and like really love skiing and and love the training. We always love the training, but, but that, that really lit a fire in our team and especially Alex and I, because we trained so much together, all our level one trainings together, all our intervals were matching each other. And while we were really like proud of that fourth place and like, it was, it's a great result, but like it was No, like, no, that was, we are better than this. And that was just such a huge motivator for us that whole training season to come in. And like Alex mentioned it a little earlier, but like, I I skipped like, I like 15 K classics, my best race. Like that's my best individual race. That's my Jesse Diggins, 10 K skate. And, and, uh, at the world championships in Oslo, like where it all began, where skiing began it just so happened that they scheduled the, the, the the 10, the 15 K classic the day before the team sprint. And I sat it and that was really hard for me to do, but without having all those, that training and all those discussions and like that motivation that Alex and I had together training towards that, it would have been really hard for me to do it. But when that time came, it wasn't even hard. It was like, no, I remember I closed my eyes, Alex. We talked, we roomed together always for like, yeah, 250 days a year for 10 years, and like it's like no, we're not like not no fourth. Like now we're going all in. We're gonna do this, and and it actually worked, which is just, just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah, but there was a big build up. Like I think it's, I think a lot of people were surprised that we won, rightfully so. But I think you and I were probably not that surprised. Like Devin, you oh. won your first World Cup that season, and like yeah. you said, we were for the year before. I like i had i think I was the week before i I was on the podium in drama and in the sprint like we the build up to that was like perfect, like we were just getting better, and like you said, we were so motivated to like take it to the next level and show the world that Canada is just not like a side nation like Canada is here like to be on top so so that was that was really exciting and and I don't know if you told the story before, but you can tell the story that when I woke up in the morning, yeah, like, like going being a little co- like I was 22, I was, I was pretty cocky back then. So Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, like I said, like we, 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 we roomed together forever. And like, I, I, I played hockey for 10 years. So like superstition is like, it's kind of a thing. And Alex makes fun of me about that. Like glasses have had a bad race with like a certain like lens and like glasses combination those glasses i'm never using those again like, yeah. those are trickling glasses they're out and and yeah. alex would just like rib on me but like the first thing alex said like we wake up in the morning alex like we're in our little like euro single beds or whatever like just wake up he looks at me and the first thing out of his mouth is like oh, how does it feel knowing that like later today you're going to be a world champion and i'm like totally like almost I'm like and then I'd like jolt awake. I'm like, Harvey, shut up. He's like, No, I'm serious, man. Like, when next time we come back into this room, we're gonna be world champions. And I'm like, You gotta shut up. Like, you cannot. Change. <laughs> like, then that, then that little shit, it, it it worked. It did. We came back. He and he he, he outgunned Ola Vigen which is till till Claybo came came to the fray. Ola Vigen was the best sprinter that ever lived in, in cross country skiing, and and. Uh, so it was like a, a really magical day, and, uh, and and there was some drama there too. Like I lost my ski in the semifinal. You lost his
0: ski. Yeah, like, that's right. So I wanted, to, yeah, talk about that.
2: Not many people know that, but yeah, people don't know
1: that. Like Devin lost his ski.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like so so like you saw, I don't know for the folks at home that are like mega dorks and and were watching the semifinal and saw the German Brugger lose his ski. Um, like a ski came under his binding. No one can see the actions I'm doing, but like. Anyways, a ski clicked his binding today, the German, and he lost to ski. And, and that happened to me in, in the semifinal of, of, the, of that race. And I remember hearing, like, the, the aftermath of that from Mika and Alex especially, our, our technician. We shared a technician, Mika Book, who's now working for the Norwegian team. Uh, and and, and they were, it was so foggy that day. See us go out. Everyone knows we're in shape. And then all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, like, I'm way back. I'm, like, I'm 10th. I'm And like, or or worse, like way, way back. And everyone's like, what the hell happened? And it was like, it was a pretty big effort for me and Alex to get us back in position. And and then once we finally did, like we moved through, but it it was, it it was almost over before it began. And, 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 and that's kind of like the excitement of that championship team sprint too. Cause like, it's not like the sprint where if you have a mistake, it's done. Like you make a crucial mistake in an individual sprint. It's over a team sprint. It's cause you're doing three rounds each we were, we were in such good shape that we could recover from such a catastrophic yeah. disaster, but, but a little bit like, and I, I, when you're in good shape too, I didn't lose my head. I wasn't stressed. I just like calmly, like got well, not calmly. I mean, like, but I got my ski back on back into focus, came around and like, I was just laser focused on, on the goal. And I wasn't losing all this energy freaking out and like asking people to check my bindings and like, just like, it's all good. And uh, uh, yeah, so it was, it was just our day. It was just our day that day. And, and what Alex did in the final there was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it'd be, I'll, I'll carry that with me forever. And it's crazy. I mean, Alex and I talked about, we were supposed to be in like size around together, like drinking some, some red wine and smashing yeah. together for a week. Just, we actually talked about that the last couple of years yeah. to do yeah. a do a little uh, like a, a, like a five, five day or a week ski trip together uh, at, on the 10 year anniversary. And because of COVID-19 we're talking over zoom, But but uh, we'll have to put that on the back burner. But of course it was, was definitely a big moment in, in my career, and I know it was a big moment in Alex's career,
0: too. Yeah, Alex, like, well, maybe kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, that transition point for, you know, from your leg and what was going on, you know, Devin, into Alex's leg. Because, you know, when you're listening to the broadcast and it, it's the same two dudes, I think, from British Eurosport that are narrating the play-by-play, you know, they sort of talk a little bit about like the Finn has kind of got this locked up. He just can't blow it, you know, so to speak. So what was going on?
2: I'm going to take that first time that I let Alex finish because like Petter Nortug rarely makes tactical errors. I, I, almost never. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we already tried to pull a bullshit off because he knew that like Nussiainen just wasn't isn't good. And, and he needed the gap. He needed a huge gap. To, to have any chance for a medal and and he was on a great day and he and he dropped us he dropped petter and i he did but then the funny thing was is like over like the now it's like etched in like norwegian history because that petter over the the the, the uh, bath one shooting range just before you come drop down into this the exchange petter Nortug passes me there and I, I, as I see him coming up beside me, like I know it sounds, I know it sounds trite, but I remember this distinctly. Looking and being like, "Oh my God, this is a gift from the heavens!" Like I'm like, for sure, dude, pass me. He cuts in front of me. I'm right on his tails, and now whose job is it to chase down the fin? It's not Alex's job. Alex has I'm better tired. capacity than had a and it's Hattestad that has to drill it himself, towing Alex and and, and Kutikoff, all the way through to p- to pick up Nussiainen and was that the difference who knows but but uh, but it's uh it was uh yeah so anyway I'll let Alex take it from yeah there last no, no, but
1: yeah but I think it's quite similar to what happened today with Russia like it was it, yes it was a gap but it wasn't like it wasn't enough it wasn't like back I think in, in Falun when Finn Hagen and Petter won the team spread by like a country mile like they were progressively was- every leg, every leg they were opening a gap, but exactly. it was just like a gap that they opened over like the last third of the last leg. So yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Yarvi was impressive that day, but it's it's not enough. Like it's not going to be enough. So and like you said, Petter g- coming around you. I don't know if it was nerves from being at home and just trying to like close, like go a tenth of a, of a second faster, but like. It's just putting Hattestad in such a bad position. So like you said, having to close that gap and it's not like road cycling, but there is a draft and just like mentally, you're just more relaxed when you're following a guy than when you're leading. It's pure and simple. So it was Hattestad's job to to close that gap and he wasn't home. So he he couldn't start racing for second. He couldn't start going all tactic and stuff. So he had to push and I was just sitting on him and we had great skis. I was on a good day and I was just kind of, chilling behind him and just waiting for the, for the last, the last stretch. And I, I I thought I I liked my chances. So I just stayed, waited till the last, the last stretch.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, that's a, like I mentioned to Devin, that finish is just, you can barely see it because the fog is so thick, honestly, but it's pretty overwhelming. It's, it's amazing. I mean, like, um, you know, going down that last, like, 200 meters, it's it's a famed stadium. I think it's kind of like an old school – I'm trying to think what that track and field uh, – the stadium in Eugene, Devin. You ever run there? You know what I'm talking about? No, I,
2: mean, I wish Hayward Field. That would have been awesome.
0: Yeah, it's like Hayward Field. I mean, it's just like a storied venue. And I think the fans are really closest to that one side in Oslo. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah really at, close to the
2: finish. Yeah, but at the World championships was just fans everywhere like it's crazy crazy.
0: i mean did did you know like coming into that finish alex um did you just know it you're like i got this you know what
1: like like i said earlier
0: like back then like i've always been like i'm still like a
1: confident confident person but back then i was more than confident like i think i was like a bit cocky and the lead up to that championship like in drawman i was second in the sprint and i came around Nortug in the finish like not many people come around Petter Nortog in, in like a skate finish. And even in my semifinal, like I got pulled by uh, one of the Tranval, Matthias Tranval. He just pulled me like in the last corner. I went from like fourth to like winning my semifinal easy. So that was the weekend before. And then in that championship, in the sprint, uh, I won my quarterfinal, like going around Erik Bronzeville and uh, Anders Glorson, who back then were like some of the best skate sprinters, especially Glorson. Like I knew I had a kick. And I knew it was in me. And then in my semi, I took it, I almost crashed. So I, I took a knee down, but so I didn't make it to the final, but I knew I had a kick and I knew like, I didn't fear anybody in the finish. Honestly. Like, I was like, if it's North Ed that they put on the anchor leg, like a week ago, I went around him in like a, in a finish, like I can go around anybody. So I was like, yeah, Avistad did all the work and coming like in my tuck, going over that little rolling bridge. I'm like, it's kind of like it's kinda of game over. Like ease. It's mine to lose. Like I got it. I got this. Like my kick is is good enough and like I'm not tired. Like I, I feel nothing. Like there's no lactate. Like I feel no lactate. It's like I did a couple laps zone three and now it's time to go. So like, but like I'm saying, I was twenty-two it was pretty cocky. So that helps too.
0: <laughs> cuz that's like yeah, Drammen's like a what is that like a half a k or is it a little bit shorter uphill finish to the church there.
1: Well, it was it was uh, at the uh, Nordic uh, Center cuz it was a skate sprint at the Nordic gotcha. Center, but the finish was a really long finish still. It was like a skate sprint and it was like a 4 minute skate sprint, kind of a hard hard sprint, but uh it, it was a really long finish and and I went around northward, So I was like like the speed is there. I knew the speed was there.
0: Okay, so here's kind of a light question. So, Devin, and now I've sort of adopted this, I now call you the Prince of North of Maine, just because I need to put it in the U.S. context. Was that, did that seal the deal? Was that win? Were you the Prince of Quebec at that point, or was it just like the no, rest oh, that rolled in?
2: No, no, the, the Prince of Quebec was in Trondheim when he went through a, when he went through a sprint premium, It was the first World Cups that gave out any sort of sprint preems. In the mass starts and that was like, so like this is in 2009 he's a first year senior so we're in trondheim because they they were they were redoing the venue they were redoing the homo venue which has been going on for 124 years i think this is like 124 126 years that they've had the 50k in homo and and this year they canceled the covid so it's been it's been a big deal that that they're not getting it in and and we were up in trondheim and i was in that race and it was like for me it was, it was like the cra- one of the craziest races i've ever done like Alex was just beasting and I felt like absolute garbage for the first part of that race. But anyways, we went through the early sprint preem. How many K was that? Like maybe like four and a half, like early. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Really
2: early. And, yeah. In yeah, a 50 K and Alex goes through the sprint preem, and then just doesn't like at that time, Petter, The the Petter Nortug deal was like, get this sprint preem during the distance or like the 50 and then walk sure. and wait for the field yeah. to catch up just sitting. Yeah. And, and Alex, like who was good in sprints, Everyone was, me included, was like, oh, Alex is going to, I don't know what he's doing, even taking the spring cream. Like, what's the point? And then he's just going to like start walking. We're all going to catch up. Nope. Alex went through the spring cream, kept going and proceeded to ski like essentially like, the entire 50K on his own. And, and like Yahoo! YARVI caught him and, and and ended up winning. But Alex ended up third as a first year senior. And at that time, you had the earrings. You had the, you had the earrings. <laughs> That's true. And, yeah. And, 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 and Alex and I, like, we got our, we got to get to know each other, like the year before when he was the last year, when he was a junior and, and traveling in the world cup. And I was kind of like, I was kind of like his babysitter, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, after that, like after that race, like Alex Harvey was the Prince of Quebec because that was, you know, his dad, his dad was, uh, Pierre, uh, he doesn't have that many medals in the world cup, but he, the ones that he has and the one that he has is, is the biggest one on the world cup calendar. And that's home and colon winner. That's a 50 K. And essentially, Alex was third in, in what is the home and cold and just happened to be in Trondheim that year. Uh, so yeah, that 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 was uh for sure. That that's when it uh, that's when it stuck, and uh, then like the Prince of has been like it's, it's just a legend. Oh, I great.
1: remember back then, our the, the national team coach was RL Munson, he, he's the coach of the sprint team now, and he's from I don't know, he, no, he's not from Trondheim, but he lived just before he coached us, he was coaching a team around Trondheim, so he knew the area a lot. So we trained like we feed with him that whole week before that race. And when I took off in the masters, like he was handing off seeds and giving us gels. And I like I was skiing alone. I had like a thirty-second gap on the field, so I could hear him. And he was like, "What are you doing? Just like slow down. Like you're an idiot." He's like basically telling me like, "You you have no idea what you're doing. You're in Norway. I'm Norwegian. I know what classic skiing is. You're skiing like an idiot." So like I'm but again. I was cocky back then, so it worked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. no,
2: fortune favors the bold. Fortune favors the bold. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Um, wow, thank you, appreciate it, Devin. Thank you for
2: yeah. And one more thing.
0: Yeah, I'm here. I don't. And one yeah. more thing
2: before. We... Yeah, okay. Like then, then we'll take. Then I gotta go to bed because like five thirty in the morning comes early when babies yeah. start crying. But like, but here's the, here's the thing. I want to touch on this, and we should have touched on it early. Alex, did you notice the shenanigans at the finish line of the men's team sprint today? Did you see Gleb no. finish, collapse, and he was left for dead in the finishing? Oh, yeah. Bolchinov Bolchinov did not go to his team. yeah. That, yeah. to me, yeah. like, bad just act. when I, like, that was a bad act. And, like, just when he, I wanted, like, yeah. Bolshevich is the best skier in the world. And, and he is the best skier in the world. And yeah. he had that race. On Saturday, that was just he well deserved. Like he he, and then he follows it up the next day by having a great race. The reason why they have a medal is because bolshenov was able to do that first leg, and he knows who his teammate is. He knows he's not going to be able to hold off those guys, and he he can't go give his teammate a hug and say, "Dude, thanks, buddy." Pat him on the back. Oh, what a bad act, bolshenov yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. We're trying to like you. We're trying to like you. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like
1: Russia, man. Like we know from hearing the stories with Bab, like there's just so many different training groups, and it's yeah. like they're in competition against each other. And you know they're not in the same training group. Like they don't work with no, with they're they're not. the same coach. Like well, she was what works with Yuri Brodavanko, and and uh, Gleb works with the, the German coach with Kramer. So it's like I don't know how good they're
2: they're friends. They are like no, they're um, not. They're not. They're not yeah. friends. They just yeah. it just it, they still it's still a World Championship medal, and this yeah. is a big day yeah. for Gleb. This was a great yeah. day for Gleb. Yeah. And you have to remember, like, Gleb skied super well. He's a bronze medalist and he's a sprinter in a team sprint in the worst conditions for Gleb Rutyvik ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and he and he hung in there tough and and, 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 and secures a bronze medal. And like Polshanov yeah. just that's, a bad, that's I a, was bad a bad act. That was a bad act. Yeah.
1: But uh, you think it's because Johnny Mackey beat them again in the relay? <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know two in a row oh fuck
2: right
0: oh,
1: he, he was flexing he played the flex on like, yeah. like I can beat you
0: Bolshanov is on yeah, probation Yeah. he's got like he's got like a five race window now maybe a two three race window to behave well that's
1: the least, that's the least they should have done I mean yeah
0: true true <sighs> okay
2: so I want to finish on that this is a, this has been an episode this has been an epic one but Alex like I said thanks so much and I mean like one of my best friends in the entire world and I really I really I really miss you Harv and I hope COVID lifts so I can get on a plane and come out to Quebec and smash some case together and uh, catch up because give Soph a big hug and I just really appreciate you taking the time and reminiscing about the the good old days (laughs) yeah
1: thanks man thanks for having me it was fun enjoy the rest of the championship
0: All right, thanks guys appreciate it take care Bye. Yeah, take all right. care. All right. Ciao. Bye. All right. Bye. See ya. See ya. Hey again. I just want to take a moment to recognize the folks that piece all the moving parts together over at Faster Skier during a kind of busy week like world championships. There's Rachel Bachman who is in Crested Butte for the time being. Ella Hall over in France. Jerry Furseth in Canada. Gavin Kench in Anchorage, Alaska and Matt Vojin in Williamstown, Mass. Thanks for listening to the episode and our World Championships coverage.